Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. He who dies at a hundred will be thought a mere youth. He who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them, or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will the days of my people, my chosen ones, will long enjoy the works of their hands. They will not toil in vain or bear children doomed to misfortune. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Thank you, Chris. Good evening to you all. Let's pray as we have this wonderful passage in front of us and lots of encouragement tonight. So let's pray together as we begin. Father God, we thank you so much for this wonderful, this exciting vision of what is to come. And I pray tonight that we would, as we read and look into it, we would taste it a little bit more. We would see it a little bit more and you would thrill us by the plans you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we had, I mean, Isaiah 64, it's a heavy passage, and we had Isaiah crying out, rip open the heavens, and for the mighty Lord, he was crying for him to come down, put up with injustice, rebellion, no more, and make your name known. And right away through Isaiah, despite the people rejecting God time and time again, he says to them time and time again, I love you, I'm a merciful God, and I will save you. And it's through the servant of the Lord that God will bring salvation to Israel. We have this, and we'll read this many times over the next few weeks. Isaiah 53, he is pierced, he is crushed, he is punished. Not for his own sin, not for his wrongdoing, but for Israel's and for ours. And then in chapter 55 of Isaiah, we have this wonderful extension out to the other nations. It's not just Isaiah's sin that the servant of the Lord dies for. No, it's for the other nations as well. It's the world. And as we enter, Andy's mentioned this, we enter this Advent season, we have this wonderful opportunity to reflect on Jesus' coming, as we will. We'll hear lots about that. But we also look to Christ, the all-conquering King, and he's coming back. He's coming back for his people. He's going to bring completion of what the death, his death and resurrection achieved. And now we live in this time in between 
of the Messiah having defeated death, having defeated sin, but we still very much feel the effects of sin until he comes again. So Christians live in wait of him coming back. And if you at times wonder yourself, is it all worth it? How can I keep going when it is just so hard sometimes? Hard and others around me look happy. I mean, often we know when we, we examine their lives a little bit, bit more, they're, they're not, but it looks so often to us that they're happy. Others who don't follow Jesus, frankly, they seem to have a better life. No need to battle with desires. Everyone gets to do what they want. Perhaps dating whom they please, earning and spending on themselves what they want. They can use their time however they wish, rarely having to stand out against the tide. Their beliefs can change with whatever fits comfortably in the culture at the time. They don't need to offend anyone. And Christians ask, is the Lord really worth it? Is it worth this cost to live in obedience to him? Now that's something the Israelites were weighing up in Isaiah 65. See, by this time, chapter 65, they had lost lots. They'd been taken into exile in Babylon. They'd lived in a foreign land under foreign rule. And now they, upon release, there was a very small remnant And they had very painful memories. And they had fear. They had much fear of the unknown future for them. Would they survive? Can we keep going? Can we keep faith? And in chapter 65, they're given this most heartwarming, splendid picture to help them keep going. And we're given this painting to hang, if you like, over the mantelpiece to help us never forget where God's people are heading. We are never to forget how it ends. You see, God tells a downhearted and a dispirited people, keep going because life with me is worth it. And when you know me, well, you know that I only serve the best. And so we take a further look into this passage in front of us. And Isaiah shows us this is the life you long for, but it it has eluded you. Your moments of pleasures here are a small taster, and we do have pleasures here, no denial, but they're small. They're a small taster, but it will soon come in its full. So let's look together. What is a Christian to look forward to? Well, Verses 17 to 20, we have this new creation. We have a new city. You see, we have here new heavens and a new earth. Now note here, this is important, there's no floating souls amidst white fluffy clouds. It's not going on here. This is a new earth. It's physical. A new earth. Physical and somewhat recognizable to our earthly experience now. But it is new. So the artist whose previous works have included such extravagant, priceless works. So Niagara Falls, the Lee River, the Alps, the Grand Canyon, the Northern Lights, the Great Barrier Reef, the lakes, the peaks, 
Well, he'll go again. And be excited because there's more to come from this artist. The painter will paint again. That's what we've got here. And we will experience it pure and untainted. And did you note it here as we read it? And former things will not be remembered. Now, this, <laughs> this is a dream for me. Former things will not be uh, remembered. I've got files and files of content in my head that I'd love to just press the delete uh, button on just to erase uh, in my past. Uh, one, I'll tell you one. We can have fun with this all night, but I'll tell you one. Uh, so um, in sixth form, I don't know, do you do interhouse music? competitions still and things like that. Yeah, well, I, uh, just as I was reflecting this, uh, so sixth form, I thought I was going to be a rock star, basically. Uh, and I had some pals, we were in a band, and in this interhouse music competition, uh, we decided to play uh, Weezer. And I don't, I don't know, is Weezer still popular? I have no idea. Uh, but we, and we decided to sing, I was the lead singer, and we were going to sing Buddy Holly. Now, is, is that... I've been completely missing everything. No one has any idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, there's this really cool song in the 90s, uh, Buddy Holly. And so we got up. Um, we, our, our band started. I was uh, singing. I thought we were doing a fantastic job, to be honest. I thought we were doing so fantastic. I, I definitely saw a teacher start to tap their foot uh, as, as we sang. Anyway, um, so much to the, the, the praise and adulation, I'm sure, of all my peers uh, in front, I thought, next set, Glastonbury. That's what I was thinking in my head from, from Portdown College to Glastonbury until we got to the second verse. Uh, and in the second verse, my, my mind went completely blank and I completely forgot the words. Now, the tune was still there, so I went through the whole of the second verse with six or seven hundred, uh, 17, 18 year olds all watching me, uh, and I sang, I've forgotten the words, right the way through the second verse to the, to the tune um, of the music. Now, when you go back, uh, that, that, I mean, that was that. Was that. Um, over Glastonbury, or, uh, um, but then when I go back, now, even now, years later, I go back um, to my hometown. Now, sometimes there's these awkward conversations you can have um, with your old sort of school friends that you didn't really know that well. Not with me. There's nothing awkward because everyone is very pleased when they see me in the town to come up to me and say, do you remember that time you sang? I've forgotten the words right the way through, um, Buddy Holly. And still, years, years later, people I hardly spoke to at school still uh, say that thing. Well, Isaiah 65, delete, delete, it's gone. It's gone, no recollection for me, no recollection for my school friends. It's gone, and I've got plenty, uh, plenty of those stories, but you can hit delete on all of the things we've said, all the, thing, the ways we've hurt people, maybe not meaning to sometimes, but we just want it all to be gone. Strike it out. But it gets better. It's not just the things that we do that are embarrassing memories. It's everything that is bad and negative, sinful, all our past sin, all our shame, and it's wiped out, gone. All the ways in which sin has stamped this world with its own disformed image, gone. The arguments, the bad relationships, all gone. The deep suffering, the illnesses, the tragedies, too insufferable to even speak about because they're so painful. It has you weeping in your bed at night. They're gone. No, this new heaven, this new earth, well, it will be a happy earth. Verse 18, a city like no other we have ever known. The city, 
Well, the city is a delight and her people joyful. You see, instead of sorrow and shame that sin brought into the world, well, gladness and joy supersede it. God's people call to begin rejoicing and to keep going because God's actions will be permanent. You see, God will build a city that is forever. It's named Jerusalem, it's nature, delight. And delight, I mean, you could have a lot of fun with what that delight will be. Extravagant parties without the end of night brawl or breakups. It's feasts for all rather than the privileged few. Nobody homeless, no late night stabbings, no mass clear up the next morning. Fishing, golf, reading, and gym, and gardening. Fascinating work projects without the deadline stress. Drama, and art, and music, and sport, and fine dining, and you could just keep going. This will be the city of dreams, and it will not disappoint us. And it's all because the great designer, well, he does not disappoint. All the radiance of the city will simply reflect who he is. So just as a Rembrandt or a Picasso or a a Matisse clearly bear the hallmarks of their creator's distinct innovation and style, well, this city reflects the love and affection and creativity and care and joy and fun and awe-inspiring character of its maker. And verse 19 he will rejoice over his city and he will delight in his people. That's right, he will delight in his people. See, a people, Isaiah 65 again, who had done so much to dishonor him and feel him and they cared nothing for him at times. They went off with anyone and everybody and ignored God. Well, he would now delight in them. Now, that's got to make you smile, doesn't it? All the things that you are ashamed of, they're gone. And more than that, God is delighted by you. So think proud dad as he he puts on sort of the the baby carrier and he straps in the the newborn baby for the very first time on his chest. He takes him out on a walk in the park. He's whistling with happiness. He's proud. He's happy. Well, here we have God rejoicing over your existence. He's ecstatic about spending time with you, listening to you pour out all that's on your mind, engaging you in the exciting plans that he has for you to flourish in this brilliant city life. And boy, will you flourish, for there will be nothing to get you down and there will be nothing to hold you back. So no exam stresses, no doctors going into waiting rooms to tell the family of the failed operation. There is no persecution of any sort. There are no funeral directors in this city. You see, the weeping and the crying, they were for the old cities. No, not this one. Verse 20, it's... Again, to remind you, it's spoken to a people who were pillaged. They were torn apart, untimely death everywhere. 
Well, here, verse 20, never again. This is a picture of full life. The Apostle John's fuller picture of this is in Revelation 21, and it makes it clear there is now no more death in this city. You see, this is what Christ achieves in his death and resurrection. It is no small thing. Life will be full and it will be plentiful because the, dearth, the curse of death is lifted and fear gone. And so with this perfect new earth and this city filled with rejoicing and delight and joy, well, the Lord beams over all of it. And then as we come to look at verses 21 to 25, well, it gives us a picture of what life in the new place will look like. So we've got rich imagery here that isn't meant to give us the literal details of exactly what will go on, what it will look like. Well, we've got this visionary poetic truth that shows us it will be good in the sort of language and imagery that we can understand now. So 21 to 25, life in the new place. Over the summer, we had um, a few weeks to wonder about what life in Sheffield would, would look like as we came from down south. So what are the schools what are the school options? What will the people be like? Do they have nice parks? Um, I've heard Fullwood is posh. I was told that by a few people. Fullwood is posh. Are they going to send us straight back from where we came from? Well, Lucy actually replied to that and told me, uh, we don't need to worry about it, but you may be a bit concerned because the likely outcome is you could be sent back. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it, to wonder about the new creation because, why? Well, it's forever, isn't it? Forever is a very long time. And we're given a bit of a blurb, if you like, a blurb here. Verses 21 to 22. Tears of frustration and futility replaced with smiles of fulfillment and satisfaction. Because living completely under God's blessing means nothing is without purpose. You see, God's people finally get to enjoy the fruits of their labor in their entirety. So there's no granting of probate. The family home where so many happy memories have been made, well, it doesn't need to be sold off to strangers. We can work hard and we'll know that we get to see and enjoy the end product of our work. So as impressive as York Minster may be, well, not for those who put the labor in, most of them, do you know how long it took to build York Minster? 252 years it took to build. So imagine starting a project that even the great grandkids won't get to enjoy. Or can, you, can you imagine the poor bloke stuck making the toilets in York Minster? He doesn't even get to see the rest of it uh, being made. He only gets to see this small block. It's a, and that's nothing compared to the Great Wall of China. Do you know how long it took the Great Wall? I didn't know this. The Great Wall of China... Well, I'm fascinated by how they sat down to do the planning budget on that one. So it started first stone laid 400 BC, completion date 1600 AD. That's 2000 years. Well, not here. No longer, no longer will they build houses and, and others live in them. No longer will you start a project only for you to fail or for it to be taken away from you, or for your life to be cut short mid-course. You won't get to retirement and think 
Well, what was that all about? No athletes trying to get back into their sport post-retirement to try and bring back the glory days. No, we have the unstoppable complement of both seasoned experience here and youthful exuberance. We just keep going, like Duracell bunnies, I guess. We just keep going. Or as verse 22 puts it more accurately here, trees. We're like trees. Now, just before you bury the body in a Church of England service, you'll hear the words, we have but a short time to live. Like a flower, we blossom and then wither. Like a shadow, we flee and never stay. In the midst of life, we are in death. We all know that. Not here. There's no withering flowers here. There's only ewes. There's only oaks. Funeral words are replaced with glorious songs. Like Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, the Lord is my upright. He is my rock. Neither futility nor frustration. All we've got here is steadfast permanence where all is good and nothing fades. And in verse 24, we are given something every single one of us desires. Someone that hears us and completely understands us. So much so that before we've even got to the end of our sentences, he knows what we want. In fact, before we even open our mouths, God knows what we need. And there are no third-party representatives here. It's God himself. It's God himself that deals with us. That's perfect communication. So no dry times. No lying alone feeling no one understands you. No feeling invisible. God knows you. He hears you. And he speaks directly with you. See, we have total purpose. We have complete satisfaction in our work. We have bountifully reaping rewards. We're completely blessed with a relationship with our God that will be better than any and the most intimate relationship you can imagine having here. It will be better. And finally, verse 25, there'll be no zoos. No zoo here in the new earth, in the new city. Don't know if you saw on the news this week, just like the 220 stone six foot cow on the news that was too big for meat processors to handle so he could live his days out in peace. Well, here the new Jerusalem is at peace. Predators no longer. Variety, diversity without butchery. Everyone at rest, except for, if you've noted the detail, except for the snake. You see, the snake which brought such misery into Eden, the poisonous creature that encouraged the weeping and the misery to start in the first place, well, it's condemned to crawl and eat the dust. See, the curse is now broken. Nothing left to hurt, nothing left to destroy, on God's holy mountain. And as we step into Advent, 
this is what Jesus Christ achieves. This is it. A wonderful life with him forever. This is what the Christmas child achieves. This is what the angelic host appeared in full song for. The shepherds glorified and praised God. The Magi bowed down in worship. We will be with him. We will be known by him and we will know him. And so can I encourage you as we close this evening, keep going for it is worth it. He is worth it. And can I encourage you as well, have the confidence to go all in in faith. You see, life with Christ is totally worth it. It's worth our energy now. It's worth our time. It's worth our money. It's worth our gifts. We've got this passage here in Isaiah 65. It is all worth it. He promises this spectacular future. If we pay a cost for a short time and we trust him. Now, if you're at the moment weighing up whether following Christ is worth it, and in many ways, I'd say all of us do. At some point, we doubt, we wonder, is it all worth it? Well, let Isaiah 65 do for you what it was doing for this strug- those struggling in faith Israelites. Look forward, look to the joy and press on. And then we've got this very simple instruction and that's all we'll have to do for eternity. Verse 18, be glad and rejoice forever. That's a burden lifter, isn't it? That's what we'll do for eternity. Be glad and rejoice forever. Well, let's pray now. Father, we do come to you with great and deep joy. We praise and thank you for the new heavens, the new earth, the new city. Let us hold fast in confidence of what your wonderful son has achieved. Help us all to have a joy and a confidence in the place we will be through faith in Jesus. A place, the place, where there will be no more grief sorrow, sin, death, separation, tears, no pale faces, no frail bodies, no aching joints, no gripping fears, no consuming cares, where the most perfect the sight, the more perfect the sight, the more beautiful the object will be, the more perfect the appetite, the sweeter the food, the more musical the ear, the more pleasant the song, the more complete the soul, the more happy its joys. Please, Father, give us hearts of want and hunger and desire to know you now and help us to live in anticipation of this brilliant life that is to come. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.